Hi, this is Tim Krolski. Most people might think they know what goes on in the life of a truck driver, but we thought it was time to understand the person that operates the truck, to find what actually drives them, and what really goes on before and after the brakes get set. Welcome to Garner Trucking's Beyond the Cab. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Cab. Today I have a very special guest with me, uh, the owner, president, and CEO of Garner Trucking, and now introducing the latest chairman of the ATA, uh, Sherry Garner Prumbaugh. Good afternoon. Glad I've been, to be here. I've been waiting for this interview for a little while now, so I'm yeah. glad you're able to come and sit down and have some yes. conversations before your world gets really hectic. Yes, I'm looking <laughs> as, forward to it. As it if is. it wasn't already. Yeah, yeah, just just a little thing. Um. You know, there's uh, we could spend probably a lot of time on on history and and uh, all the all the foreground that's happened uh, to get you to this point. And certainly, I want to discuss some of that because mm-hmm. I think it's important today. But um, you know, I I know a little bit maybe more than the average bear in terms mm-hmm. of uh, you know where you've come from and and how you've gotten to this point. And what would you what would you share at this point? Are kind of those stepping stones for you from um, maybe that you know your years in, in grade school, high school, college, mm-hmm. and so forth mm-hmm. that brought you to this point? Mm-hmm. Well, it, you know, I think the Garner story is certainly a Garner family story, too. And uh, the the business and the family were woven together from my childhood, from as long as I could remember. You know no other way. I know no other way. Uh, you know, I, I remember uh, in the early 60s, the business line would ring into our home and mom would answer the phone dad would be trucking mom would answer the phone and she would take the orders uh she would bill she would dispatch uh she would she was the customer service and she she was everything so our home was the office and it, it, the business grew to a point where she encouraged my father to get an office and get a dispatcher <laughs> and fight somebody else um, find, huh? yes but she always she for the longest time she's continued to do uh the billing up until when i was in high school okay. she would come not not daily but she would come in and certainly uh look at what you know oversee and and look at what's going on and and interesting enough i she she was a wonderful typist uh, she would type. She was a very good, um, you know. Office was. She was a seamstress. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. She was a beautiful seamstress. I hand coordination was I there. I think so too. Yeah. But uh, you know, even today, her her philosophy then uh, was to, if she would type or send a bill to a customer, it had to be clean and it had to be correct, because then the customer was least. Uh, less to argue about it right. or uh, say it was wrong. And any time a customer, as we know, would say something's wrong with an invoice, it delays the pay. Sure. So today, I believe that philosophy is still our comes from my mom. Well, I think it's interesting too. You know, in in the world of um, females and in trucking and those mm-hmm. sorts of things, and I, I think that's a topic that's important to discuss today. But one of the things that didn't get mentioned in all of that is that she was raising three girls. Oh my gosh! In the yes. meantime, oh yes, yes. Yeah. So the the kitchen table by day was her office, and she'd have her typewriter or 
uh, the phone, and um, by afternoon, it was the, uh, her cutting board where okay. she would be cutting out because uh, she she would sew. Most of my clothes were, were sewn growing up, and uh, and then by night it became you know the dinner table. Sure. So and then probably the homework table. And then that. yeah, you know, <laughs> so it uh, home was home was busy, but I was home with my mom my you know it was the 60s and 70s and my mom was home with us growing up right um yeah i think if there's one thing i can definitely say that i appreciate to this day and um i definitely was fortunate enough thanks to trucking and job that was provided to me through that was that i there was time for my wife to be at home and Mm -hmm. and raise the kids at least until they were old enough to kind of think and and fend for themselves a smidge and go to school and do those things mm-hmm. so that's there really is something to be said for that we were yeah. very fortunate to grow up during the time frame that we did for yeah. that reason I, I agree most households that. can't deal with it well you know both my husband and i worked through right all, you know we right. both worked through uh you know it took both of us mm-hmm. and uh you know dad was always working yep. he was always gone yeah i knew even when he came home uh you know he was in the yard mowing trimming doing something around the house Saturdays he was back at the office, um, and then Sunday was church in the morning, but he was always wrenching on a truck. A, yeah. a truck was always in our driveway, getting and, fixed, and, and he was wrenching on it, doing <laughs> something. You know, oh, that's always. just the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. I, things mm-hmm. haven't changed in that regard no, either, has no, it? <laughs> no, it so for you, then, at what point, um, you know, we all need to make that first buck. What What was that first mm-hmm. job for you? Washing trucks. Here, washing trucks, or yeah, yeah, or you know, I as a I don't know, 11, 12, 13 year old, you know, the the neighborhood babysitter, right? You know, did that, but uh, mowed the lawn. Uh, Saturdays, dad would get me up way early, it seemed like, and uh, <laughs> we would come in and I would mow the lawn here at the office, but I wasn't on the payroll then, that was a pop. Uh, you know, at the, you when you're done, you get up, yep, and that was a treat because yeah. we didn't have pop at home. And so he would buy me a pop or take me to lunch and, and uh, I would mow the lawn for him here. And then I, he would take me home and I'd mow the lawn at home. So, you know, that, that was my, my jobs. And then I, in high school, I washed trucks, uh, okay. and, um, you know, spent Friday night, if I didn't have a Friday night football game playing in the band. Uh, or Saturdays, uh, you know, cheering. I was a cheerleader. Uh, Saturday morning basketball game or, or football game, okay. I would be here washing trucks. So, hmm. yeah. so then um, from there, we go to Ohio State. Ohio State. The oh, Ohio the State. Ohio, yeah, so I was, I was there before it was the. You know, okay. it was just Ohio State University. <laughs> but uh, so I loved music. I loved band. And I took uh, private drum lessons. Uh, okay. Fellow drummer. Yes, we are. Did not touch. <laughs> and uh, uh, took private lessons, enjoyed that, and, um, you know, had dreams of being a band director and went to Ohio State. I was in the band at Ohio State, which was one of my goals. And uh, then I taught for five years. Yeah. And, um, you know, then I met the love of my life, and uh, I knew I wasn't going to get back to – that was my goal, always to get – back to Columbus and home was okay. It turned out to be a great place to um, live and raise a family. Oh, it's a beautiful so, community mm-hmm, here. It's mm-hmm. one of the things that's kept me here and kept me, mm-hmm. brought me back here was, was the community. Yeah, because I, you know, I came back um, and taught here in Northwest Ohio, but then I spent the summers, I started right away working on my master's degree 
in music at Ohio State, and I spend my summers back in Columbus. And boy, the traffic and the you know just the um, I really enjoyed the slow the the less traffic, the slower pace, the the demeanor of people. Up, yeah, you know, it was just nicer. Yeah, there was a definite so. difference. Like growing up right. in the city, it was kind yes. of the same thing, and then yeah. going back to that every single time, I it, it is it's a bit different lifestyle. People are a little less kind, or can be, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, a little less forgiving, I think, sometimes. Right, so right. It is, uh, there is something to be said for the small-town living. But I changed um, I changed my degree program to guidance and career counseling at Bowling Green State University because I had spent so much time as a band director, teacher. You spend so much time with the kids. I, um, you know, I found I was spending less time teaching uh, clarinetists to go over the break and talking more about, challenges at home and uh you know the you know worrying about you know where the next meal came from let alone trying to learn how to play a trumpet you know it (laughs) seemed but uh you those kids were you know music was the release music was the positive part of their day right and they loved being there and they loved um, being part of that band so i but i got finished my master's degree at at bowling green and in education so Use it every day. Well, I think that's probably true. I, I, um, I know um, in terms of Garner's history, uh, I know a little bit as, as far as the, the beyond washing the trucks. We, um, I know that there's some some time that you had spent um, not only in the brokerage department mm-hmm. and handling mm-hmm. uh, our Class B, our, our hot shot stuff, and mm-hmm. um, certainly when I when I came on board, it was. IT was part of your mm-hmm. purview, mm-hmm. and uh, certainly learned a lot there <laughs> yeah. over the years. Right. I, I started, I came in, uh, we had a tanker division down in Morrill, mm-hmm. and I it was I was only supposed to be for the summer. I had the allure of Friday night football games just weren't the same when you're 24, 20. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I just... Imagine that. It was just a lot of a lot of time, and, and I enjoyed teaching, but I, I really was looking for an elementary, junior high position, and um, I, I was ready to give up the high school. And um, so, I, so I I took a break and, and was looking to do that, or I was looking to be a guidance and career counselor. I really, really wanted to pursue that. But, um, you know, I asked mom and dad if they had something I could do. And they said, well, we've got this part-time gig at our tanker division in Morrill. Um, that's best we got right now. And I said, well, I'll do that. So I, I did that three days a week. And I, it was a offices really needed clean down there. There was, sorry, guys, it was all guys. And it was just <laughs> kind of gross. So I talked my dad into letting me work another day and, and clean. Okay. So I cleaned the shop. And I cleaned the offices and did that day a week. I didn't and, know that. Yeah. And he, they ended up um, selling that division or um, mo- closing that office, and we moved it up to Finley. And then I stepped into Garner's accounting office and helped in, help there. And okay. then there was a need to do the the um, expedited business, which was uh, really interesting. And the brokerage kind of tied those two together. And then we needed to this was early mid 90s we really needed to update our computers our dispatch was separate from our accounting software they didn't didn't talk to each other and 
Uh, so I researched what you know we needed to do, and I qualified because I was the I was the lone person that a home, had a home computer at the time. That was my qualifications. <laughs> you had the most working knowledge. I had, yeah, because I had a home. And what computer are we talking was, about? What time? What time? It was would that be? would have been ninety. Jerry, let's see. Uh, Jerry and I got married in ninety, so it would have been ninety two. You know, okay. it was before ninety five. Okay. Right, it was before that. Yeah, because so I, we I didn't were DOS. start until 97. Yeah, so we were a DOS product. And um, so, yeah, so my dad always said, uh, so um, 95 was a big upgrade. That's when we got Windows. And <laughs> um, big purchase, so then we had to purchase a lot more hardware. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, everybody needed a, a new computer with graphic card and monitors oh, yeah. and all of that and that was a huge expense it still is though. it is still is i know and my dad always he always said you know you thought you know she my she cost me so much at the wedding that was nothing <laughs> compared to what she cost me in in computers yeah exactly um, what drove him crazy was you know i bought this computer but then three years later i had to buy a piece of paper for the license right mm-hmm yeah. It still drives, that drives me crazy. Yes, yes. That's part of the, you know, I've been through some of that now over my time here that mm-hmm. you get into, you know, purchasing all of this equipment and then every separate piece of software you have to license mm-hmm. and you get renewals. And mm-hmm. it, I don't know that anyone outside of the the business world really realizes how expensive just the, the software yeah. and IT is. I it mean, is. It really is a large expense. But it was a great experience because IT touches every division, every department here. Yes. And it really, really gave me experiences in everything. Well, you get um, a chance to learn yes. everyone's job function yep. and what they what, what their mm-hmm. needs are. And, you know, we did upgrade. We made a huge upgrade to uh, the software. We went from the DOS product to a window product with TMW, our our vendor and I spent a year in operations, um, you know, getting that implemented, getting that set up correctly, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, you know, I really, you know, uh, that's where I got involved with the backhauls, and I, you know, while I was there, I might as well help. Right. So I took over. Uh, my philosophy was, let's work on tomorrow's freight today. Let's let's find what we're going to backhaul today instead of wait till tomorrow right and because we knew you know just tell me that and i got them to write on the board where you're going to be tomorrow and i'll go work on it today Mm -hmm. you know you know 80 percent of it you know i got covered uh but at least you know that's 80 percent well yeah it's it's a much different story when you have especially when you have relationships when you're using that brokerage market to have those individuals that kind of know your world a little bit you can say hey i've got trucks x y and z here tomorrow yep. get them covered and then you deal right. with whatever is left over right. and and it's so it's i don't i don't it's not easier today i mean it's still the, the same principles but you know we didn't i didn't have email right <laughs> right right everything's so by phone everything was by phone so uh, it was very inefficient it was really calling but you know to your point you establish those Oh, I know Garner's going to be in Virginia, or you're going to be in Michigan, right. or going to be wherever we are at the time, and I had, you know, had those relationships. Well, and, and also you have to do a good job for them, so absolutely. that they do remember you. Well, and that's again um, for Garner, whatever, it, whether it's broker freight or customer freight, it still needs to be delivered on time, needs to be delivered safely, uh, and we care about it. Uh, just the same. Just the same. Yeah. What would you say at this point, 
is a is a common myth. You know, all the, all these years of experience that you have about trucking or in trucking that you mm-hmm. you can debunk. Yeah, so it, it, I guess it comes down to the truck driver, uh, and you know they the. I don't know the stereotype, the you know the, the the negative thinking because the truck drivers I know love their families. Mm-hmm. They care about the job they do. They care about who they work for. They're patriotic. They uh, you know they want the same thing for their children that I want for mine. Right. They want it better for their children, and they're hardworking, and um, you know that that's. You know, that's the family I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father was a truck driver. Yeah, at heart. Yeah, at heart, at heart he was a truck driver. And uh, so I, I, if more people, you know, there's always one out there that can can spoil, you know, to have well, a bad impression. I've always said that's the one, that that's the driver you see, mm-hmm. the one that cut you off, the one that did mm-hmm. something wrong. That's the one that you see and you remember, but you don't recall the other 55 that you passed right. going down the highway that yeah. were doing everything right and, and trying to be courteous and mm-hmm. safe and operating in the manner that we as organizations mm-hmm. all expect now. Absolutely. I think Absolutely. I think that's a, a huge improvement in this industry, at least over my mm-hmm. short time, mm-hmm. is, is how we operate. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, you know, there's always going to be some bias here for what might be your favorite organization. Um, but... If you had to pick three others, mm-hmm. what what would you say you admire and respect about those three? What are they, and, and, and why? Well, I, I certainly, I you know, I've spent a lot of time with my um, trucking industry organizations, American Trucking Associations. I really appreciate the the advocacy. I uh, you know, I think that they represent the industry well, and I feel that they can take care of our backs in D.C. so we can concentrate on running our trucking business. Right. I say that often, and I and I believe it. And there's a good group of, of folks there that, that are doing that, certainly Ohio. and uh, But, you know, close to my heart are those nonprofits in, our, in, in my backyard. Those are what are close to me and, and what they do. And, and I guess they have a strain of um, the, the teacher in me, but uh, the University of Finley. It's very, very important to me. I mm-hmm. enjoy uh, seeing students, um, you know, go after their their dreams. And, and I guess I, you know, I always look back at those days, those college days, and think, you know, gosh, the world's, you know, the world's wide open, and it certainly oh, yeah. is there. Oh, yeah. And well, I think that's when the world opens up, is, is college. You know, right. You know, in, 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 pardon me, in an individual's mind. Right. That's really where things start right. to open up. Well, and, you know, the true, you know, there's independence that begins then, and the, and mm-hmm. the true self, you know, the behaviors, the discipline, the, uh, the burning in the belly, you know, what, what's important to you, right. and go after it. And I, I like to spend time there and just encourage those students to, you know, four years is a, it's a big commitment, but there's, there's got to be something, you know, worthwhile After at the it. end of that. Yeah. And take, you know, there, don't you wish you had a do-over? Every, you know, I, every once in a while I'm like, gosh, I could have done better. I wish I, you know, would have um, appreciated that time a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know. I, I don't know. I, when it comes to that sort of thing, I've always had the really the same philosophy, whatever you've gone through. 
yes. in, in life has shaped you now. Yeah. So sure. whatever those, I don't even like to use the word regret because I, I think that you made those decisions with whatever poor information or good information you had. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, um, you know, yeah, I, admittedly, we could all have done oh. some things differently. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a question of what you take from that. Mm-hmm. that and learn that from really, that. Yeah. I think one of the other organizations, my church, I I appreciate my church and spending time with my church, my faith and fellowship, and that's my opportunity to give back. And with music, I, I play, you know, I right. get to play my instrument um, at, at this point, and it's make a joyful noise, right? <laughs> like, ooh, that should have been E of flat, not an E natural. <laughs> and um, maybe not everybody recognizes it, but that's good. But you know it. But I know yeah. it, and it's okay. Um, yeah. And uh, it's appreciated that I'm there. Uh, it's interesting it. that all three um, that you've kind of brought to light in terms of the organizations, really all three of those have to do with community in one in one mm-hmm. shape or form, mm-hmm. be it the trucking community or, or the religious community or, or the educational community. Mm-hmm. But all three of those involve very large groups of people with mm-hmm. dynamic differences, different thought processes, mm-hmm. and that certainly kind of goes back to leadership Mm-hmm. and and uh, what it takes to, to be able to really be an effective and a good leader and understanding all those right. different individuals. there's There has to be someone that um, in your life is kind of, you consider a personal hero or mm-hmm. maybe you have several personal mm-hmm. heroes. Who would those people be and, and why? Well, my parents, uh, certainly they, you know, my, my dad and, um, you know, the... I don't want to, I don't know if it's expectations, but certainly it was, you know, there, you know, there was, you know, strong values there. There were strong, um, you know, the work ethic, you know, um, church life was important to our family. And so just uh, the nurturing that both of them, both of my parents, their business acumen, their, uh, both of them, like, my mom, you know, she encouraged, you know, encouraged my dad. She would say often to him, you know, uh, you, you you do a lot for this community. You, you know, you need to let them know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, she really was the, she did marketing before we really knew what marketing was, mm-hmm. right? You know, she was out there and, you know, you know, you know, toot your horn tell tell people what you do you pay taxes we pay taxes right. we employ people we provide health insurance and that's okay um it's okay to brag a little bit about what you do sure, so sure um and it's not so much that i guess you know humility too both of them had a lot of humility but um that attracts people too uh, yeah, I I think so too. I if there's one phenomenon, and we've we've had this conversation before, that's it's pretty amazing, especially with the current, you know, the quote unquote m- millennial generation. Mm-hmm. What that that giving, um, that uh, those extra steps, uh, what that actually does to people, mm-hmm. because we have some some individuals that I consider relatively young mm-hmm. that they're just on fire when it comes mm-hmm. to making a yeah, commitment yeah, yeah. to. Yeah, to, to doing something great for the community or for a special event, you know, those types of things. That that, that giving is um, contagious, I guess, would be the well, they're best looking word. Well, they're looking more for a, a career or um, some beyond the paycheck. The yes. paycheck's important, but they, they want an experience while they're at work, too, and they want, they want to have, um, you know, they 
fellowship is important to them. Yeah, they want yeah they want something beyond. You're right. They mm-hmm. absolutely do. That's the money's always good, but there's got to be something to um, engage with. Humanity, you know, give back to humanity. Right. Type component. Right. Well, we've established what a uh, what a passion for our millennials that what mm-hmm. they might have. What what is a passion of yours? Something that something that we don't know. Well, gosh. Uh, probably, uh, you know, I, I love live music. Just, mm-hmm. I, I, it can be country, it can be rock and roll. I don't. It could be opera. Mm, not a lot of opera. Maybe a little opera. <laughs> a smidge. A smidge. But um, you know, orchestral music. You know, a good symphony. Um, I, I just love. I love live music. Broadway, uh, you know those, those kinds of. What do you things. think that is? What, why do you think that is? Is it I've, your all, your own performing or the appreciation of a good musician? The talent, yeah. the talent there is just um, uh, just just listening to and watching a good musician yeah. sharing that gift. Yeah, it's such a gift. Yeah, so. well, it's there's um, you know that's always a topic that's going to be warm to my heart anytime we mm-hmm. I do a podcast. It's you know somehow there's that element of music that sneaks in whether I solicit it or not, mm-hmm. and um, quite frankly, it's the, it is a language that keeps us all bound. I think so too. All of us who who doesn't like music, right? Some we and we all and it makes it all all of us unique too. Right. We all right. like a different kind of music, but. Uh, uh, that I, that's something I, I I enjoy anytime anywhere and some of the you know just some of my hobbies I, I love working on the homestead I like working the land <laughs> I do I do um, I I love spending time you know we take down trees and we um, chop up trees and we split tree you know split logs and um, all those all those things. My dad taught me to mow when I was really, really young, and I did it for a long, long time, and I helped him in the yard. And now that um, Jerry and I live back on my homestead, uh, you know, there's always something to do. Sure. Well, I don't, I think that for any homeowner, that's big or small lots, there's always something. You're investing in your slice of the world. Yeah, that is very true. That is true. You got it at some point. You got to dial it back, though, a little bit. So, what's the last? Uh, what's the last television show that you binge watched? Well, what I um, Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Is Yellowstone. The one. Yeah, excellent show. Excellent show. So that is uh, is that Kevin Costner? Yes, and he's not that great of an actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know the storyline's good, and and the the scenery is really really neat. Okay. And uh, it, so it's good got a good cinematography. It has then, a pretty good storyline. Okay. It has a pretty good storyline. The acting isn't that great, but uh, you, you know it's one of those I can like unplug and you know don't have to think about it yep. much. But uh, I like a good series on Netflix when I do my exercising. I I, I enjoy doing that. I, something you uh, can something chew I can because. Uh, right now, I'm watching Working Moms okay. uh, on Netflix. It's a 30-minute um, show, and I can crank out two of those uh, walking on the treadmill. And mm-hmm. what's great about those? There's always a cliffhanger at the end of those, and you turn it off. And I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta turn this off and go about my day. But then it's at five, five o'clock in the morning when that alarm goes off. It's like, okay, now I gotta go yeah. down and find out what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's the encourager to get you up yeah. and 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 walk. Isn't so. it an amazing phenomenon all on its own that you know you pretty much any TV show is at your fingertips, yeah. and that you can 
you, you don't have to wait for the commercials. You don't have to wait no, for the next yes. broadcast. Yeah. And you can just kind of immerse yourself into mm-hmm. that world where um, back when we were younger, you waited till the next episode and, and you'd wait all summer. Yeah. Yeah. Or now they, so now like Yellowstone, they do a 10 week or 11 week. I don't think it's much more than that. And you have to wait a whole year. <laughs> yeah, before you get another episode. So you gotta you gotta kinda wait that out a little yeah, bit you if do. you can. You do. <laughs> Very true. What what would you say at this point in time that you're struggling with now? You know, what's been what's been difficult for you? Well, the older I get, I suppose it's my health. You know, I I I struggle and time, you know, managing my time sometimes and time getting away so fast. My mom always said just wait. The older you get, the faster time will go. And gosh darn it, isn't mom right? Yeah. You know, it just time just keeps clicking away just too fast. And, uh, you know, I just, you, I work harder and harder at, at good health the older I, older I get. So, but, uh, you know, it's a day at a time. Well, and you're working at it. Yeah, That's I'm working at it, it. Right, working at it. What do you say you're most curious about right now? The election. <laughs> Probably by the time this podcast, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be it'll close. close. It'll be, yeah. Thank, well, let's hope um, because it's just I've had enough. Yeah, you know, I think many Americans yeah, have had enough. Yeah. Well, I did uh, sat down with one of our drivers here not too long ago, and uh, I've been careful on the podcast to not kind of slip into one routine or another, um, depending on sides and opinions. And sometimes some things come out that might reveal mm-hmm. uh, where you kind of fall with things. And um, I was just interested to hear kind of the perspective from someone else and how exhausted I think everyone is mm-hmm. with, with the whole process at this point. Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of different reasons. I think this year, certainly with COVID, that's kind of sucked the life out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, you have the social unrest that's happened based on mm-hmm. some, some poor decisions in some situations and the right decisions in other situations. But everything's gotten a lot more high level because mm-hmm. of it. Well, what bothers me in our system, our electoral process, is the billion dollars that each side, each candidate will spend to become president of the United States. Billion. Mm-hmm. And what better serve, what better purpose that money could be for right. other than TV Commercials advertising? And, and I understand that that, that employs you know, a, a portion of our society for sure. 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 But just think of the goodwill, a billion dollars. At least it could go towards our deficit, for goodness right. sakes. Right. Uh, At this point, it would make a small dent. It would make a small dent, but <laughs> that that's disheartening to me. And how long, I mean, you know, this started two years ago. Yeah. And and I, I think that's the distractor to me. I, I, I love politics. Mm-hmm. I I do. I, I is would, it the sport of it, or what, what is it that you that you love about? Politics? I like I like championing a cause and winning a okay. cause. You know, something yes. that that improves your life, in. something improves your life of you know your family, your worker, or whatever, and 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 being on the right side of that, and then championing it, and then winning it um, because it's the right thing to do. It, right. Uh, but uh, I, you know, I. Certainly, have had the opportunity to go into political life, but the whole fundraising part of it just is a it's deterrent. This is a total yeah. turnoff. You know, I, to I, me. I I've shared this amongst several crowds in in my adult life, and I, I I think there's a philosophy that works with this. 
the problem is you'll never get the buy-in. Um, mm. I think that from a political standpoint, we shouldn't pay for our politicians mm-hmm. once they're in office. Mm-hmm. Oh, I believe in term limits. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, term I limits. think that's important too. But here's the thing. If I'm not paying a salary, mm-hmm. if I am uh, taking care of all of your wants and needs in terms of travel, in terms of your health benefits, taking care of mm-hmm. uh, uh, those things that are required f- in order for you to be able to go- do a mm-hmm. good job and perform for us as the American public mm-hmm. on whatever form or level you're talking mm-hmm. about. Why couldn't we just take those tax dollars then instead of making those payments? We'll go ahead and contribute to uh, this. Yeah. You get this dollar amount and your opposer gets that same dollar amount mm-hmm. for the election. Mm-hmm. Do what you will with that money and win the election and then prove yourself. Based on merit. What? Based and based on the policies that you would put in place. Exactly. Based on your policies. Exactly. Yeah. I believe in term limits. We have term limits for our president. Why not for our Congress? Mm-hmm. They, Keep you know, things these, moving these a bit. Career politicians. Um, yeah, it just, makes it tough to, to see any movement. Mm-hmm. Um, or a different we thought. Get, yeah, we get into these situations of stalemate that mm-hmm. happen. And, um, you know, we. Polarization. And there's, you know, nothing bipartisan happened. There's no, you know, there's no extending the hand across the aisle. Right. They're they're in this camp or they're in this camp. Well, it's gotten very, it's it's gotten very NFL. Mm. I've said that for a long time, too. The Mm -hmm. the whole, that whole political scene becomes, is my team going to win? Is your team going to win? And what's getting missed in all of that, I think, is the American public. Right. And... You know, circling back to American Trucking Associations, we have to work with whoever's in the White House. Exactly. We have to work with both sides of the aisle. And so it's it's all all of them. Yeah. You want that. You want that. um, You want that to spread across both. You want to be able to reach a hand across the aisle and be okay with it. I'm good with other Mm -hmm. people's opinions. And I think many are. There's the big word we've all compromise mm-hmm. there's just no compromise on yeah. both sides right right yeah it's just become a very difficult process now yeah. if you get you get past you know the president and you get past the leaders of you know the house and uh the senate and you get down into the committee work there there is bipartisanship going on there 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 are some compromises but it comes out of committee and it's stopped right it's not introduced because xyz X- because it's going to benefit the right or it's going right. to benefit the left and then we're just and then nothing happens nothing happens yeah well I, you know it's interesting you bring up the ata and certainly we want to talk about that today a little bit uh, as as you getting started in your in your chairmanship um what would you say those most pressing issues are going to be mm-hmm. um over over the next year for you mm-hmm. driver shortage yeah it uh, it is there's anything that keeps me up at night that's 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 the one that's the one i are at garner our average age is 49 years old of mm-hmm. our driver of our fleet and uh, you know it parallels what uh, nationally uh, the national average age for drivers 49 years old and where's you know where's that next wave coming from our population's not increasing right Um, So I am a proponent of younger driver, and so I'll be advocating for that. There's a pilot program that's going to start non-military, and Garner's going to be part of that if we can attract uh, some 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 youth. Yeah, I I believe you know the Driver Safe Act is out there, but again, it's 
stalemated. It's in stall motion because of we got to get through the election. Right. And, right. Uh, then you start to get some and movement. Then, and then we can start to get something done. But uh, we've got to find that next generation, and that 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 concerns me for sure. Okay. How do you think that over the course of the next year, um, things like that are going to impact your chairmanship? You know, uh, certainly there are proponents of younger driver, mm-hmm. and there are those that don't agree. Uh, even in amongst the ranks of probably our own drivers disagree of, of younger driver. Certainly our insurance companies, uh, uh, who knows where, you know, you know, I, I, I quip with them. I said, you know, you, you want to insure trucks? We gotta have drivers in them. Right. You know, that's just that's just the way that's gotta yeah, step one. out. You help us. Align with us, don't fight with us, align with us. Because I believe those drivers they they have to have more hours training right. behind the wheel, behind uh, a, an experienced driver, so there's more hours there. They have to be in equipment that has all the safety technologies beyond what what an experienced driver right now right. has. I mean, through evolution, these are going to be natural safety equipment on our trucks. But well, there's a call from trucking companies to go ahead and right. raise the game a bit when you right. start talking about entertaining, putting right. a, a younger driver behind the wheel. I'm very confident that trucking companies like Garner can train younger drivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, am I concerned about you know the bad apples that might take advantage of? Sure. Sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we've got to attract younger drivers. Well, as an industry, I think, I think most trucking companies and certainly the, the circles of folks that we deal with, we know that they're willing to invest, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, as far as that's concerned. So we all have that same need, and, and that driver shortage, I agree, is not going to go away mm-hmm. anytime soon. Um, in, in good and a bad co- economies, yeah. it, the door swings the same, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So during this next year, what are you most hopeful that you will accomplish? Well, I hope I hope I can inspire the next generation because I'm a I'm a second generation trucker. Mm-hmm. So I hope to inspire, uh, you know, those that maybe are sitting on the sidelines and and don't think that they, um, you know, are fearful about their abilities or, you know, I'm just you know. I'm just a regular person. I got involved. I I spoke up. I have issues at Garner, and I I talked about him in a in a committee. I like committee work um, much much more so than standing up in front of people and talking. I you you got to work at it, and I've gotten a little bit better at it over the years, I think. But um, so I hope I inspire this the the next generation trucker uh, to get involved in ATA or. Um, you know, just lead your company and be prepared to lead your company. Sure. Uh, and and then also certainly women. I you know, it is wonderful to go to a meeting wherever it is, um, small or large, and women come up to me and say thank you, thank you Sherry for you know being out there and leading and uh, it's nice to nice to see. Um, someone with lipstick and carries a purse. (laughs) 
Well, yes. I will tell you, I, you know, that's one of our going to be one of our next topics on on Beyond the Cab is going to be women in trucking, yeah. and um, I was going to ask that very question. So, you know, from that standpoint, um, do you feel uh, a, a larger responsibility on some level because you're female and you know uh, unfortunately we are not a, a no, very diverse no. um, industry no but you know from you know as, as you know the position of driving a truck what I've always thought was cool was it didn't make any difference whether you're male or female you came you can you can get a job your your pay rates the same as you know the guy that just walked in before exactly um, it, this is based on experience uh, not gender right so I, I love that about our industry uh, about um, you know you you can you can command uh, pay and take care of yourself as a woman sure uh, in, in, in the job you know as far as you know walking into a room and there's a bunch of dark suits and I'm the only <laughs> one in heels and carrying a purse right, right? so been there a lot of times have been uh the only woman around the table uh but the mo- for the most part i have found that there's uh, been respect for me uh i think i add a little color to to the room absolutely right that's what the diversity is supposed to do yes it does and uh brings a different perspective that they've never thought of and but i've always felt that i needed to be prepared maybe better prepared than my male counterpart because I've always felt maybe I would be challenged. So I always tried to make sure I was prepared and had, had um, you know, had the information I needed, I whatever think, I was going to speak about or I whatever the topic was. The, in, in, in regard to that particular statement, um, you come in every day, you as in any, any individual, you come in every day. You need to have a plan. You come in every day, and you should be prepared. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, for me personally, one of the, those leadership pieces that I've kind of witnessed over the years, and thankfully have picked up on, is is that preparation that's required. And you've got to do the extra work, mm-hmm. and that's regardless of whether I'm male or female. I'm saying mm-hmm. that that's really a necessity. Well, you know, Tim, we we get data all the time, and it's like. All right, you, you know, what's driving that number? Right. Go back and look at the detail. Right. There's something. Rip it apart a little bit. Something's driving that number. It's not good or it's really good. And let's and keep doing what's, yeah. what's driving what's right. driving a good number. Right. So you have to look at the detail, and I like paying attention to the detail. So what, what would you say at this point is your greatest fear? Um, I think um, I think my greatest fear is not having enough time not having enough time to get done what I want to get done. Okay. Um, but that, that's my greatest fear. Uh, you know, I, did I accomplish what I wanted to accomplish at Garner? And I still don't, you know, feel that. I'm going to hand you my wingman, the <laughs> baton. So, but I, you know, I, you know did, did I accomplish what I came to accomplish? Well, uh, but at the end of the day, you, you still have... Well, you still have that ability and mobility to be yeah, able to yeah. accomplish more. Well, I yes, here, I, yeah, yeah. There is always an opportunity. Yes, opportunities in the next phone call, <laughs> next email. Well you know, there. You know, you and it's what you do with them, and is it does it make it a, a good fit? So, mm-hmm. so I guess it's time. Well, I, I appreciate that answer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
at the end of the day, you know, again, we touched on some different points of leadership and some different thoughts. Um, and I appreciate you sharing, kind of bearing your soul a little bit today with some of that stuff. But what would you say makes you feel inspired? What, what, what makes you your best self at the end of the day? Well, what makes me happiest is, are two, you know, certainly my Garner family. I, I love to see my, um, my Garner, the folks that I work with every day who are such caring and capable people, that they enjoy their work. They enjoy who they're working for. They're proud of who they work for. They like who they're working for. They feel productive when they come to work. You know, I that they I'm empo- I, I hope I've empowered them to um, enjoy do their work and enjoy their work and be challenged. Mm-hmm. That it's not mundane. Right. It's that, not the same that, thing every day. That we that you know you come in every day going. I, I just I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I I don't want to be fearful of what's going right. to happen, but it's going to be a different day. Right. Every day is going to be a different day, and I have a list. And if I get get some of that list knocked you know knocked off and and figured out and checked off, it's a great day. Yep. But at the end of the day, I I always have paid tried to pay attention and want to pay attention to the environment that that you know my, my, the kind of trucks my drivers are in. I want them to be in nice trucks. I think if, you know, what we've accomplished, it's taken 10, 12 years, Tim, right? Oh, for, to get for where sure. we are with our, sure. our equipment's in great shape. Yeah, it's, well, uh, I, it's, I always call it the sexy black trucks. Yeah. <laughs> but so. it, it's taken a while to get there. Yeah. Long, you, know, a, a, you know, a bad turn in the economy really puts a wrench in the process. Mm-hmm. And, and we've uh, seen a couple of those in a decade. We have. So I'm really proud of what we've accomplished with our equipment and I really care about the environment that my drivers have. I love those new trucks that we that we're getting now. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope my driver or drivers like those. Um, personally, um, my kids, uh, just just you know, watching them be successful. Uh, all three of them enjoying what they're doing. It goes back to that you know, I, it excites me to see the burning in their belly mm-hmm. that they are. They found Growth a passion. Right? right, they found a passion. Um, it's exciting for them to find someone to love and to you know have a relationship. And I hope Jerry and I have been an example to that. Mm-hmm. That um, you know, even during the tough times, uh, that you know, you 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 love one another and, and weather it and weather it and you know make good choices and just stick you know stick to it well, I uh, think so. that's all um, tremendously good advice in the first place just just for living just oh, for living right, right. Well, Sherry I want to thank you so much for taking the time today thank I appreciate you. you I know again you, life's about to get very crazy for you and I appreciate yeah, you taking the time to sit good. down and do this with yeah. us uh, everyone else, we will tune out for now, but I want to thank you for yet another edition of Garner Truckings Beyond the Cab. <laughs>